just scrolling on Twitter and I saw it. it is from Golf Digest and it said, what would you rather see in this year's Masters? Scotty Scheffler go back to back. Tiger Woods tee off. Or Tiger Woods two off the lead with nine to play. Jordan Speed makes an ace at the 12th or somebody from the Live Tour wins. I mean, it's Tiger Speed, right? Like, you don't really care about the Live. By the way, the Live golfers, is that like the typical, like, didn't read the fine print of what they were getting themselves into? I was going through a thread this morning. It was like all the things that live golfers are forced to do by signing the contract. Sorry, no one feels bad for you. Did you watch that on Netflix full swing yet? Fantastic documentary. I haven't checked it out yet. Mm. The last episode's great. It's kind of like on Rory McIlroy and like the whole like LIV thing, you know? Those guys are all just... Like, I really feel like Patrick Reed is very, very insecure. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I haven't even seen this show, and I feel like that's probably fair. Yeah, they don't really mention him a whole lot on the show. Or in that documentary. I am all in on these, like, behind-the-scenes, like, real-life mm-hmm. sports shows. Patrick Mahomes is going to do one. That'll be sick. Yeah. But they did one for tennis, I think. They've always got the F1. Yeah, the Patrick Mahomes one's interesting because of the other two cats that are in it with him. Like, I'm not really sure on whose decision was like, all right, I got a brilliant idea. Okay, what is it? We're going to take three quarterbacks during the NFL season and follow them. Okay, who are they? Patrick Mahomes. Nice. Okay. Who's next? Marcus Mariota. Okay, random. And then the other one, Kirk Cousins. Oh. Okay. I mean, so, they, they did get the whole spectrum. They got the best quarterback in the game, one of the yep. most average quarterbacks in the game, and then a fringe starter Yeah, right on the 30-32 line. Which is crazy because didn't Marcus Mariota, like, quit once he was told he wasn't the starter anymore? I have no idea. He was like, I don't want to play. But, then, like, he won the job, and he eventually lost the job. Yeah. Marcus Mariota. Beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's how far you came. Think about that, Chiefs fans. You lost to Marcus Mariota, who threw the ball off Darrell Revis's face and caught it for a touchdown. Like, that's where Chiefs were at one point. So, you know, don't let anybody, you know, break your stride or or tell you things that, that might not be true. Because you know what? Yeah. You're a fanboy. The hell you are. Yeah. You're a fanboy. Mm-hmm. When people say, oh, yeah, you, it must be nice to be a Chiefs fan. Marcus Mariota threw a football off of Darrell Revis's face, caught it, and scored. You're a fanboy. Damn right. Like, the fact to say Darrell Revis played for the Chiefs and Marcus Mariota has a playoff win, that's a long time ago. So if you want yeah. to You're a fanboy. call me that, that's fine. I do like table. sex. Okay. But it is wild. To think that's where you came from. The one thing that is kind of concerning for me, and I was talking to Vern about this and talking to Bink about it as well, because, you know, both those guys eat, breathe, and love baseball. There is a huge lack of buzz for the local baseball team. I understand it, I think. I've gotten to sleep on it. I've pondered about it. 
I've driven home thinking about maybe there's this. Maybe there's there's some points in a topic that I haven't brought up when it comes to the Royals. And I think, quite honestly, I don't think it's sports fatigue. I think it's sports expectations. If you happen to be one of those lucky fans who's a diehard KU fan, diehard Royals fan, diehard Chiefs fan, there's really nothing else that you can see that you haven't already seen. You've seen probably at least two national championships in basketball. You've seen two Super Bowl championships in football, and you've seen two World Series one championship in baseball. I don't know what else you can have. Now, with this baseball team, I think there should be a little bit more buzz because you have new management, not a fireworks hire, you know, nothing that blew up in the sky and you you went, oh, wow, okay. So this guy, you know, not your Carlos Beltran, not your Raul Ibanez type of hire that maybe some people wanted. But Coach Q is a different kind of breed when it comes to head coaches. He's the polar opposite of what you had last year and the previous years in Mike Matheny. Thank goodness. You have a different general manager cut from the same plant, but not the same sort of bloom. You know, I think Dayton and JJ are completely different when it comes to thinking about certain things and having different beliefs in what they think is successful for a baseball team. I would say a role as Chapman would be probably the smoking gun into that debate. But when you look at this Royals team, it's all the young kids that are going to play. This is year two of Bobby Witt Jr. Is he going to be the superstar? Should be something of intriguingness to watch for this team. I don't think that's a word. But, I mean, I think that's something that can intrigue you when it comes to this year's team. Pasquantino is going to be a fan favorite. He's a guy that I think a lot of people will leech to and soon find themselves liking, just like you did with that Royals team in 13, 14, 15, and 16. At least I would think you would, you would have to. Right? You get to hear this sound again. And I think with the shift being taken out of baseball, baseball will be more entertaining. Because honestly, some of the shifts were terrible. And yes, I do agree when some people were asked that were former players, what would you do if somebody shifted on you? Oh, I'd hit 100 points higher. Possibly. But I do believe that Base hits that were taken away because of shifts will now become base hits, which will lead to more runs, which can make teams a little bit different and th- make things a little bit more equal in a sport. Maybe Ryan O'Hearn can finally thrive somewhere else. But again, everybody's basically gone from the previous team, which is what a lot of people wanted to see this Chiefs team do, or Royals team do. Bring up the young stars, get rid of the guys that were clogging the void and to get these kids some playing time, and let's see it flourish. Bring in a manager that can respond to these kids, be a voice, be a leader, be a friend, and not somebody that is, I want to win 162 games because that is just not the reality of baseball, and that's what the reality was, the mindset of the previous manager. And now you have a guy who is not necessarily a red ass, but somebody that does know the game, 
does understand the analytics of it and does understand how to use young talent to its fullest capability. Did it in Tampa, did it in Cleveland. And you should have a little bit more hype, but I think there's a little bit of fatigue and there's a little bit of staleness. I never thought I'd have the day where I could say in Kansas City, we've seen every single top tier title. Don't have an NBA team, don't have an NHL team, so you can't really say that. You can't really be Pittsburgh or I guess you can't really be Boston. But what you can be is a team that is something new, something different with the game that is starting to change and maybe make things a little bit more interesting, maybe make things a little bit more competitive than they are, you know, as far separate as they can be. And baseball still has a lot of work to do, but this Royals team, I think the lack of the buzz is because, you know, you're coming off a Super Bowl where you might be a little hungover still. Hell, you've been to three in the last four years. You've won two of them. You've got the best product in a sport that plays in the same parking lot that shares it with the one of the worst products in their sport. So I see that being a problem of why there's no buzz. Why spend all my time and energy on a team that actually is worth it? Why would I do the same for this? Treat the Royals like you went and saw Ant-Man. You didn't have huge expectations. You didn't know what Paul Rudd was going to be as a superstar, but when you left, you were kind of sadly satisfied. You're like, you know what? Ant-Man really wasn't that bad. Just like a 75-77 win game season isn't as bad as you might think. It's not great. It's borderline decent, but it's better than you might have thought. And the speed of the games, the less or the lack thereof, zero shifts, a little different, a little bit more fun. We'll see if the buzz gets a little bit more upward in the trend when we get to March 30th, as the games will start being played. That's the other problem. I can't tell me baseball starts in March. Make it 100 games, split it down the middle during the All-Star break, and start it in, like, mid-April. Because I'm not going to a Royals game when there's still ice in the forecast. Coming up on the other side, local college teams. They all won yesterday. One didn't cover, but we bet it all, and some of you did as well, and I'm proud of you for that what the future looks like in the Big 12 and what one team in the SEC could do this year that is a little bit intriguing. Dusty Liggins, Great Nicholson, 610 Sports Radio. This is After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. This happens. Strike to claim it. A strike to claim it. And he got it! That is it! That is why I did it! At number five! Are you kidding me? That's right! Who do you think you are? I am! Damn it, right! The quote that lives on forever is the who do you think you are? I am. But the two that get me the most is when he says, are you kidding me? (laughs) And then when he says, get it right. Uh, Mr. Weber, 11 years ago today. That seems like it's not that long ago. Or maybe it seems like it should be longer. Like it should be like 20 years ago. ESPN put bowling on the map 
And little do they know they got that alien going absolutely bonkers. He looks like an alien. Like we were having the discussion on Friday night, Grant, Jed, and I were of like, do you think aliens look like us or do you think that they look like Hollywood? No one really knows. I think we can rule out that they don't look like they did in Mars Attacks. Aliens do not look like humans. You don't think so? No. No way. So what you're saying is Randy Johnson is an alien because he does not look like a human. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I don't know what they look like, but I do not think that they've got like two arms, two legs, two eyes. You think they're just bizarre? Yeah, dude. I think it's out of there. Okay. Most of them won't have like audio language. Somebody said they want them to look like the ones from Independence Day. I'm good on that. I hope they also don't look like the ones from uh, the actual movie Aliens, where, like, their mouths open up and then something else comes out of their mouth and it's like another head. The whole thing is kind of whack. If we ever do end up seeing an alien, I bet it's something we haven't even thought of. Just something real weird. Right. Talked about pitch clocks earlier. We'll talk about it again a little bit later, but kind of want to talk about local basketball right now. I think March is going to be fun. Somebody says fanboy is right, makes the accuser clown boy. Sure. Man, what a time that was. On You're going to call me a blank writer on Twitter. I'm going to get you eventually. On his birthday, nonetheless, too. Found that out. Um, but local college basketball yesterday was uh, was a good day. Like I told people on Friday night that listened, I appreciate you. You you can benefit. Um, it can work out. I said take the three local team parlay. I like all their matchups. I unfortunately took the spread. Mizzou covered, K State covered, KU did not. The other thing that was very interesting is that KU got called for seven charges yesterday. That's is that wild? Am I, am, am I, or is that like just a little bit above normal in a game? I don't know what the average is, but I just know block charge is broken in college basketball. Big time. It just makes this, <laughs> it just makes it unwatchable because uh, every single game, a different ref is going to call it different in the same game. It's not good. <laughs> it just, and it just changes every single time. Yeah. It's infuriating. The fact that we still take charges is just insane to me. They I, should, they should ban the charge. It's not fun. And it's like, like dangerous too. It, it Marcus Smart ruined it, and now he's trying to do it in the NBA. I was watching the Celtics last night. He is probably the most infuriating player to watch still. Maybe they shouldn't get rid of the charge. I don't think they should ban the charge. Right. But what they should do is they should call ninety-five percent of block charges blocks because most of them are, and they're ruining the game because then now you're getting guys that are running down the court, and then they're just planting themselves in the path, which is taking away what basketball is. I'd love to sit here and be like anti-KU guy and be like, ah, I can't believe. Yeah. But block charge is broken. Seven charges called on one team yesterday. I mean, just. I mean, sounds like a West Virginia game, to be honest. Yeah, just trying like, to dirty it up, yeah, foul people, sounds like get a, in the way. Sounds like a good classic Purdue Indiana game. <laughs> Bunch of big white boys taking the charge for the team, getting bonus points in practice from the coach. Big Ten at one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Like, why is Northwestern Maryland here? Like, what's going on? 
Yeah, NIL deals are going crazy for charges in, in Purdue and Iowa and Indiana, West Virginia, apparently. But no, yesterday was a good day. Mizzou did exactly what I wanted to see Mizzou do. Go on the road, in the conference, and blow out a team that's not as good as you. In fact, miles away from you. And they did that with Georgia. I think Mizzou went on like an 18 or 20-point run um, to kind of really put that game away. But it was close, right? I think at halftime, it was a two- or three-point game. Georgia was hanging around. And then Mizzou pulled away. And that's exactly what Mizzou needed. And again, if you're missing out on college basketball talk, you know you can listen to it on Wednesday nights as you have the one-and-done show. Three local schools, three local hours, all on 610 Sports Radio from K-State to KU to MU. All in that time slot. And then, of course, Thursday, you can hear the Jerome Tang show at 8 o'clock here on 610 Sports Radio. But Mizzou did what they were supposed to do. In fact, every team basically did yesterday what they were supposed to do locally. Mizzou on the road in conference, winning and solidifying that you're a top three team in the the SEC. Right? Bama's the top dog, and boy, are they doing everything wrong in their situation. From allowing that young man to continue to play basketball and also allowing him to do his pregame introduction. Dude, the pregame introduction. What are we doing? What? How then, did you think that that was okay? And then the, they're going to come out and be like, well, he's been doing that all year. Why? Yeah, I mean, as soon as a murder is yeah. on the table, you get rid of the pregame introduction. Yeah. And you just, you just go so there and you about, high five. About a month too late. Yeah. Idiot. Getting patted down after you allegedly helped a man succeed in murder by giving him the weapon. Even if nothing was alleged. If, yeah. if it was someone away from the program at this point, you cannot do that. If someone associated with your program has been charged with that sort of a crime. Right. That's insane. And yet then the SID comes out. And it's like, no questions about it. Just about the game. Everyone's like, uh, no, I don't work for your university. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, but then you switch over to the K-State side. K-State was dogs at Oklahoma State on the road in conference. Kind of the same situation as Mizzou. Solidify that you're a top three, four team in your conference, which the Big 12 is the is the is the mother of all basketball conferences, right? Most attended games, most watched games, probably the best teams in the country equally in the conference are in the Big 12. They'll have seven teams get into the tournament. I think that's fair. Texas Tech almost made a run for it. Losing yesterday probably ended it. But again, like K-State went on the road as as dogs and won, took care of business. Tang and the crew, you know, weathered the storm. I think at one point it was 57-57 with about eight minutes left, and then K-State pulled away. They were the better team. That's a tournament team they beat. That's a second-round type of game that K-State's going to play. What's K-State's seeding going to be in the tournament? I could see 3-4 seed, right? That's a second-round quality opponent in Oklahoma State that gets you to the Sweet 16. And Sweet 16's in Manhattan – especially in a year in which you switched everything over, that is house money, if you ask me. Grant, would you say, or are you are you a little bit more greedier and you want an Elite Eight appearance? I mean, I think if you make it to the second weekend, first yeah. year with a new coach, I think that's what you can realistically sort of expect. You'd, you'd kind of like to make the second weekend at sort of a, yeah. not minimum necessarily, because I feel like making the tournament's a lot, and 
getting the program going the right direction. But the way this team has performed all year, yeah, second second weekend feels like a, a, an attainable goal. Sure, and it should be. If they make the Elite Eight, it feels like a little house money. You're right. I also think that if you could get somebody in Manhattan to get a huge cardboard cutout of Pootie Tang and put Jerome's face on it, then we're talking. Because that movie's hilarious. I'm not sure if you've ever seen it. Somehow I don't think that one's going to fly. Why? I just just don't think. Okay. I also don't understand watching more college basketball throughout my life and watching the development happen. Maybe I'm a get-off-my-lawn type Fesco guy here. I don't know if I agree with the giant cardboard cutouts behind the goal or, like, the spinning wheel that's, like, an infinity that, like, makes you stare into it while they're shooting free throws. Like, we've just lost all integrity when it comes to just being able to use your hands or, like, motions. Now you can just use, like, I think uh, I want to say that TCU, I want to say Jamie Dixon, they have, like, an entire body, like, where his arms move, and it's, like, 13 feet high and they just have it behind the goal fair enough i guess there are no rules anymore but k-state does what they need to do go on the road and win by the way if you could ever do a parlay for missouri where nick honor hits a three in the corner every game every game nick honor number 10 your point guard at mizzou or two guard will shoot a three in the corner and make it but a big win for k-state on road, Big 12. Like I said, that's a that's the type of game you can expect in the second round if you're a Wildcat fan. Like, that's the type of intense kind of talent you're going to face where it's going to be like, you're better, you know this, just win it. And they did that. Kansas versus West Virginia, that game was closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be. I think the line opened up at minus nine. That's what I had it at. Somebody said, did Moneyline for Missouri, KU, K-State, and Baylor. It was plus 669. Uh, thanks, Dusty. You're welcome. I, that's you, though. You took Baylor. I didn't have Baylor. I had KU, K-State, and, and Missouri all winning. They all did. Took care of business. But KU looked interesting, right? They kind of, like, puked at the very end of the game. They also got called for seven charges, which really, I think, yesterday was one of those games where I'm not a homer for either team, but the referees really took out what could have been like a dynamite matchup and really deflated the entire situation due to so many calls. Again, seven charges on one team. Maybe I'm not as knowledgeable about basketball. I think that I've got enough knowledge on the matter, but I feel like seven charges on one team in a game is terrible. That's a lot. And seems like maybe that's just... Somebody being whistle happy could be wrong. Someone says, Grant, if KU, if K-State wins the Big 12 tournament, are they a two seed? Probably. I mean, I think they don't have to win the tournament to be a two seed. If they got to the last day. A lot of guys already have them on the two seed line, like at the low two, top high three. I want to say Lenardi has KU as the number one overall number one. How's that make you feel? I do not care. Okay. You should. Why? If, if they're a number one overall seed, that's good for K-State. Yeah. Because K-State has a win over them. So that probably helps their chances to get a two or a three seed. Right now, so what? KU's a one. K-State's a three slash. My guess is they're probably firmly a three. Three seed. Ooh, that's an interesting matchup in the first round. And then what? Mizzou's what? A three seed, four oh. seed? Or you think they're way lower, like five, six seed? 
I don't know much about Mizzou, I'll be honest, but yeah. you're probably they're probably closer to that four or five range. Six, maybe, but that'd be kind of unkind to them. Yeah, I think they're a five seed. I think they get that five twelve matchup round one. KU will get to go through Des Moines, then get to go to like probably like Omaha, and Bill Self will get to try to walk to a final four again, which will make Grant very happy. Um but all this to say, KU has stayed true to form. Missouri and K-State with new coaches and new regimes have completely changed it. It doesn't really feel like anybody's going to walk to a Final Four, though. Even if you are the number one overall seed, I'm not sure KU's road's going to be easy. No. Everybody has some weird losses this year, except for maybe Alabama. Arizona had a weird loss yesterday. That was insane. That kid made that shot from, like, beyond half court, swished it, no time on the clock. Not even March. March is going to be fun. This Now that kids can transfer and not miss games and everything's a little bit more even and, and rosters, this might be the wildest March we've had in a long time. The transfer portal is, like, kind of good for college basketball. For once. Yeah. Yeah. College basketball just needs to go to four quarters and move the three-pointer to the NBA league, and then everything will be fine. I'm interested to see how it happens after all the COVID stuff is kind of everyone mm-hmm. with the extra year kind of gets phased out. Yeah. Because now we're seeing guys in, like, their seventh year of eligibility. Is that why we still see Timmy at Gonzaga? He's got another year, too. Shut up. He has another year of eligibility if he wants How? It. I think it's the COVID year. I mean, he's got the, just a free year. Dude, give it up. But I was I was listening to that game yesterday, last night. He's got another year if he wants it. Of course he's coming back. Yeah, because his NIL money is going to dwarf whatever second-round NBA money he's going to get. A 30-year-old man playing college he basketball. Can't go play in the G League? No chance. That's going to be a weird for, like, an 18-year-old kid going to college and your first matchup is against, like, somebody who's Drew, your uncle's Drew, Jimmy's 25 years old. Yeah. Uber facts. We can answer on the other side. Text line, you're more than welcome to answer this one, too. 913-586-7610. What movie slash TV show had a lasting impact on your emotional well-being? I'll tell you mine. It might surprise you on the other side. Plus... I think A.J. McCarron might be a bag. Or maybe I'm a Richard. But A.J. McCarron's response to why he's in the XFL, I don't believe it. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. be nice for this person from the 660 golfing today swope at 11:45. fun course enjoy that course a lot if you've never played it before i'm sure you have though but also um enjoy that enjoy that day today um we asked a question on the other side what movie slash tv show had a emotional lasting experience on your life i think is what it was had a lasting impact on your emotional well-being. Um, 816 says, human centipede, no question. I see any bugs. I have flashbacks. Worst movie ever. Uh, 913 Werewolf is a movie called Angus about a fat, smart kid who played football. I loved Angus. Fantastic movie. Um... 
TV show slash movie that had an impact on your emotional well-being? Um, Simon Birch, uh, one of them. Not sure if anybody's ever seen that movie. Fantastic movie. Very weird. Not really sure why I cried in that movie. It's about a little dude. Saves a bus full of children and a sinking pond at the end. Also, the Green Inferno. Somebody says they're never traveling to South America. Starship Troopers, another one. That just made me think for like 15 years. What if bugs took over the world? You watched Starship Troopers and that's what you were thinking about? I did, man. Is it bugs were taking over the world? Straight up. <laughs> the way that brain bug like sucked that guy's brains out of his head that one in that scene... That ruined me for, like, at least five years. Because I didn't know what would happen. Like, I mean, you just, the guy just sat there and took it. I mean, he gave him, like, a little epic speech before it happened and then spit in its face. But then that thing, like, rose its little, like, pointer just thing got up. just brained. Right in, I mean, just right into his head. And you just watch him, like, the life get, that was just a very interesting movie for me. Starship Troopers. It's a, it's a good movie. It's a good satire. Somebody says Shawshank Redemption. I don't know how that could emotionally, like, I mean, I guess if you if you never did anything wrong and got accused for it, maybe that is how your life was. But it's what movie slash TV show had a lasting impact on your emotional well-being. I feel like if a lot of women between the age of 28 and 40 listen to this show, they would say Friends. I think there's a lot of people that went through a lot of Ross and Rachel relationships that really, really set them up for life in the wrong way. Um, but yeah, Starship Troopers, Simon Birch, man. The Sandlot, but that's because I was a kid. And then I found out that like half that movie went to jail or just grew up not to be good people. I'm pretty sure like Benny the Jet Rodriguez like grew up to go to jail. Smalls, like the hero of the entire thing, he went to jail. Squints, not sure. Yeah, yeah, jail. But yeah, I would say it was Starship Troopers. Simon Birch. You have a movie that ever puts you, or you just you're not an emotional guy, are you? I was trying to think of one. I couldn't think of one that came up really fast. Yeah. My favorite movie of all time is Friday Night Lights. That doesn't really have an emotional impact on me. More of just like, oh, I really like sports. That just really made me think that Tim McGraw was more than just a country singer singing about barbecue stains on white t-shirts. He was telling his son not to fumble in a really aggressive way. Can't hold on to the lamp. Yep. Can't hold on to the football. Duct tape your hands to the football. Which I don't know if you've ever seen this movie, but it's called The Comebacks. They do a really funny rendition parody of Tim McGraw in that movie. His dad says he went 17 years without drinking. Somebody said, oh, what happened? He said, turned, seven, turned 18. John Wick, The Shining, John Q. So John Q is what they were saying. The Shining, very interesting. The Shining was a movie that I watched at probably too young of an age. I didn't really fully understand it. 
Another movie I watched at too young of an age, It. When that sucker came out of the shower head, I didn't take a shower for three days. <laughs> no chance, man. I watched that movie at like age seven, and that was not a good idea. I watched a couple movies too old. I was too old to see The Sandlot for the first time. Really? And then I was like, man, this movie sucks. Do you guys all like The Sandlot? You think it sucks even if you got older and watched yeah, it? Yeah, I watched it when I was like 18 oh, man, for the first great. time. It's also like we didn't grow up in those times, so like we don't really know what it's like to have to like buy a baseball. Baseballs were just everywhere. Yeah. Um. Also, I've never been afraid of a dog. That's a real story. I've never had once have I been in fear of a dog. I get it. If it's like a mastiff, you might have a different opinion, but they're like sweethearts. Gentle giants. But again, what movie slash TV show? emotionally changed your life curb your enthusiasm kind of makes me who i am today there's a lot of larry david blood in my system like for instance i wanted to pull full larry david the other night i'm not even kidding we were at this like speakeasy not really it's down in downtown lee summit it's just like the upper floor wasn't a whole lot of people and here's this guy i can describe him for you basically johnny dare skin tight black shirt Steel bracelets on. Hair's starting to run away from him. Tight black jeans, cowboy boots. And he is just full neck and neck with his lady. And they're sitting at the front of the entire... I mean, I'm talking like he's definitely... He definitely knows what her esophagus feels like. That's how in, in, in like locked in they were. And I wanted so badly to get up out of my seat and just go there and be like, eh, you know... Maybe you don't need to kiss that aggressive. Because they were literally in front of everybody. So, like, if you looked to your left, everybody saw this couple. And three different times within an hour of being there, they were, like, 47 degrees next. Just all in all in with each other. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, you know, maybe you could kiss like that at home. Nothing wrong with it. Is it, is it a bit much for the public eye? I mean, I'm not really into watching people kiss anyway. Yeah. If you're that passionate, like, take it somewhere else. Coming up on the other side, I'll have a Larry David moment for A.J. McCarron because, I don't know, the guy just, it doesn't make sense to me. He just, come on. Plus, I think a lot of people are going to get mad with my opinion on this sport that's currently being played in the offseason of a sport that it's trying to replicate. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Somebody said from the 402, my parents took me to see Exit to Eden when I was 12. Hello. So this is a true story. I don't know why I'm admitting this on the air. But when I was a kid and Blockbuster was still kind of around, we used to, on Friday nights, go get a pizza. And then we'd go to, well, we'd go to Blockbuster first and then the pizza we'd go pick up. And my sister got to pick out a movie. My parents would pick out a movie. And then I would pick out a movie. And we'd have like a three featured film night. Or we'd watch the next one like Saturday morning or it was like a movie that, you know, my sister wanted to watch and nobody else did. It was fine. Like she would just watch it herself. And everybody picked out a movie this one night, and my 
selection was was Monsters Ball, and I was 13. And I don't know if you've ever seen Monsters Ball, but there is a very aggressive scene with Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry, and she asked that man to make her feel good. And watching that movie with your entire family and and waiting to see what is next to be seen in that in that movie uh, was life changing for me. As I got to sit on that couch with my entire family and watch Billy Bob Thornton and Halle Berry do their thing. And that movie won Best Picture. And I think that's why I wanted to watch it. That's why I watched All Quiet on the Western Front on Netflix. I was like rooting for the German people towards the end of the movie, which is terrible. Like, not supposed to do that. But man, that movie was brutal. I know it's a remake, but it's up for Best Picture. And I just... My God. Did you ever read that book? Required on the Western Front? I have not. It's a good book. I think I probably should. Breaking news out of the Kansas City Royals. The Royals have agreed to 2023 contract terms with the following players. Dylan Coleman, Jonathan Heasley, Jackson Coar, Angel Zerpa, Nick Prado, Bobby Witt Jr., and Edward Olivares. Do we see Jonathan Heasley puke again on the pitcher's mound this year? That was odd. <laughs> if he year. pukes, does the pitch clock still keep going? I wonder. Does he get, a, like, a stay? That seems like something that maybe they would be like, yeah. Does he get a pause? Yeah. They put a little timeout on the pitch clock because of Ralphing. Gastrointestinal distress. Oof. Somebody says, love Monsters Ball, one of Heath Ledger's most underrated performances. Yes, indeed. A very depressing movie. Sean Diddy Combs is in it. Not long, but he's in it. Halle Berry, Billy Bob Thornton, Heath Ledger, Robert Duvall's in it. It's a good movie, just not one at 13 years old you want to watch with your family because about an hour and 28 minutes and 27 seconds into it, uh, Billy and Halle just... I mean, they turn that thing into Cinemax real fast. And then when you say, hey, can you pause it real quick? I'm kidding. I didn't tell my parents to pause it. Um, one thing that did kind of make me puke was A.J. McCarron. You remember him, the Alabama quarterback, and Brett Musburger lost his mind when he saw his girlfriend? Well, A.J. McCarron said, and, and this is from GPA Football uh, on Twitter, Update, XFL breakout quarterback, A.J. McCarron, says he could have been a backup in the NFL for more money, but he wanted to play in the XFL to create memories for his kids. Quote, my six-year-old loves watching tape of me on YouTube. That's a big reason I chose to return this way. Huh. So you do this for your kids, but you turn down more money as a backup but you're going to play in the, I just, and I'm pretty sure he plays for the St. Louis Battlehawks. AJ McCarron says, my six-year-old loves watching tape of me on YouTube. That's a big reason I chose to return this way. You believe him? I think that that was the best option that he was provided. The other thing too, is that nobody's going to come after him. No one's going to attack A.J. McCarron for saying something like this. A.J. McCarron is 32 years old. He may have just wanted to get out there and throw the ball around the park a little bit, I guess. 
I feel like the best thing you could have done is take a ton of money to be a backup. The no last injury. time he was on a, he, he, last time he was on a team was 2021. He took so the whole long, year off. Not long ago. I know, but breakout XFL star. By the way, I watched like five minutes of the XFL. Terrible. Not a good product. Was played on a baseball stadium in Vegas. There were literally tracks through the entire field. And the product was horrible. And yet these guys, I just. Agent McCarron was on an NFL roster from 2014 till 2021. He's played two games with the Battlehawks. Do you think that he has more passing yards in the XFL than the NFL? Yes. No, not quite. Okay. I was looking at the wrong stat, but pretty close. Because what? He got drafted by Cincinnati, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And he had one year with 854 yards. We played in three games. Three-time BCS National Champion, so. Yeah, he went to Alabama, and he had, like, running back galore his entire time he was there. Wasn't he there with, like, Derrick Henry and Mark Ingram and, like, all those, like, guys who just kept coming out and being, like, Heisman Trophy winners slash, like, 1,000-yard rushers, like, right away? At least Mark Ingram. I'm not sure who is right after. Oh, Trent Richardson. Yeah, who won the Heisman, didn't he? Maybe not. I thought he did because he was big. Like, they just, like, there were so many running backs that came through Alabama. that Eddie Lacy. Yeah. And then he got fat, and then then he's out of the league. Because they said Eddie Eddie Lacy showed up to, like, Green Bay's, like, OTAs, and it was like, uh, where's the Eddie Lacy we drafted? And then his senior year, he was throwing balls to Amari Cooper. Oh. So he probably threw to, what, Amari Cooper and probably Julio. Now he might not have been with Julio Jones. He might have been. Alabama, more impressive stretch at wide receiver, more impressive stretch at running back. Running back. Okay. They had like three straight guys who were in the Heisman conversation. If not won them. But, I mean, their wide receivers, Julio Jones, Jalen Waddell, Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper, Henry Ruggs at the time. Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, yeah. Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram. Can you count Alvin Kamara? You he, can definitely count Alvin Kamara. Because he got out of there just to go be at Just because he was like, I'm not playing. He was a third-string running back. And now he's out here in Vegas breaking people's jaws and admitting to it on a recording. Um, I'm not making that up. Uh, coming up on the other side, I want to get back to what Lil Boosie, what he had to say, and why the revolution and the evolution of Patrick Mahomes is literally changing every single day. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app, where Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views.